Why Satan Goes After Your Joy today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's go. Well, greetings, folks. Uh, just a wonderful week. I know I haven't done a couple in the last couple of weeks. I actually was out of town one week, and I got back, and I got congested, and it's no fun trying to do this when you can't breathe. So, um, uh, you know, when my nose gets congested, it's a, it's a problem. Uh, it's a big nose, and it gets, it's a problem. So I hope you had a great couple of weeks. Um, I decided, because I've something I've been thinking about, um, for a while. I, I think about a lot of things for a long time. And uh, one of the things I, I really was contemplating was these last couple of years, when did I lose my joy as a child? You know, I had a, I had a pretty good childhood um, when I was young. Um, I'd say up until about 10, 11 years old, it was pretty good. I, I really don't have too many complaints. There was a couple of rough spots in there, but I started to... Um, Asked the Lord, where did my where did my joy go, and how did I get it back? As as I wanted to know because I want to help some people, and I'm going to share with you in here some things that happened in my life that were quite bizarre. Um, um, I didn't get saved. Now, in all of this, remember, I don't get saved until I'm almost 25 years old. So it's 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 that long before I. Um, I come to know Jesus. And so I spend the first quarter of my life uh, not knowing him, uh, knowing of him, not knowing him, not knowing of him enough, obviously. Um, but an instance happened when I was 11 years old. And um, my mom was out of town with her friends. And, and I don't mean to like talk bad about my dad or anything when I do this. I just, you know, sometimes we're, you, you, I can only share you my testimony. Now, when I share about my dad, it's not to bring any shame to him. He was my dad. I love them. I love him very much. He's with Jesus now. He did give his life to Christ. He did repent, but he hit a real rough patch in his life. And um, he had come in at like 3 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. We had a dog, so I was kind of, I fell asleep in his bed with the dog. I was 11. And, you know, he came in and I, for some reason, asked him this question when I was 11 years old. And it was this Are you having an affair? And my dad didn't deny it. He didn't say yes, but he didn't deny it. He asked if someone else in the family had put me up to that. And I said, no, it's just four o'clock in the morning. And that was all that was literally said about that, ever. We never discussed that again um, <clears throat> for the next 45 years till my dad passed away. Never, never discussed it for 40 years. And I've never told a lot of people about that. When I look back at that, I realized that that was the day that joy was stolen from me. 
and it was a pretty, I could look back and I could see that it is when I'm 12, I start entering into sexual sin and perversion. Um, it's when I, you know, um, my brother, I have an older brothers and older, so I'm the youngest and they're not living godly lives either. And that's having great influence on me. I don't have any godly influences around me, none whatsoever around me. And I certainly don't have parents who are living godly or worshiping Jesus and all that. Or, and now my mom was a pretty good mom. She was, she was, she was really good, but her joy got stolen later on as well. And I go through the next five years really having some rough time. And then my parents split up in August of 81. So now it's, uh, this is five years after I've said this to my dad. It was 1976. And this is now 1981. And then I go and go into the Navy. And I, I'm, I'm full-blown in sin. I'm full-blown into just trying to relieve. Now, I'm not, I, I don't do drugs. I'm not into real drinking, even though I did drink. But I gave that up at 19. My thing was sex. Okay, you, you understand that like when I... When I went after that thing, now I believe that God was, there was, I felt a spirit and I didn't know it was a spirit. I didn't know until years later that that spirit of adultery and perversion and immorality and all that stuff, I had, I lived in it for a long time. And then I, 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 when I got confronted again after being a Christian and I came a kind of scared me. Um, and the Lord had to show me some things. I've told that story before, but I now joined the Navy, my family. I've watched my, I literally watched my family crumble. What was, I thought a good family, the hidden stuff is coming out and it's not good. And, um, I'm so glad for God's redeeming factors and his redeeming love and power. But, um, it's not until I, um, it's Christmas 1986, and I'm still in the midst of my sin, but I'm starting to ask the question, who's God? You know, I, I, I could feel the emptiness that sexual perversion, you know, chasing women is not bringing me any any deep richness in my life. And maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you're stuck in sin and you're not finding, and I hope someone will send you this and you'll, I'm going to give you the pathway to joy again and how God restored joy to me through his son, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's not until, and then I meet Kathy. I meet this beautiful redhead. Where's she at? She's right here. I don't know if you can see her. That's just a black and white photo of us. I mean, I got to tell you something. I'm one lucky man right there with that beautiful thing. And uh, it's going to be 35 years this January that we, 36 that we met, 35 that we've been married. And, um, but I know that I am, I still, there's a void and we're trying to fill these voids with other things. You might be out there trying to fill that void with sex, drugs, alcohol, 
transgenderism, all that stuff is not going to, is not going to help you. There's only one that could help you out of this. And that his name is Jesus Christ. And he lives, he didn't just die, but he lives forever for you. And now it's, you've heard my story, my testimony, it's two and a half, three years, but I want to talk about the joy aspect. I know I've got this amazing bride that I am, I, I just can't even tell you how overwhelmed I am that I'm married to her now, and but I still have this void going on, and I'm not happy. I, there's no joy. And, and joy, joy is like happiness that goes beyond circumstances. It's inward. It's, it's, um, um, it's finding the, it's to me, it's almost like you're finding peace and joy in the midst of trouble. All right, we're going to get into a little bit of this. So I eventually do give my life to Jesus, which certainly brings about this breaking forth of joy, deliverance, freedom. But when my joy got fully restored is when I met the Holy Spirit because I met not just the king, I met the kingdom. Now, I want to, I'm going to give you a verse on this to understand that it's great just, yes, believing in Jesus is all you need for salvation, so I'm not taking anything away. But the Holy Spirit has been sent to bring the reality of Christ to you, to bring the manifestation of the kingdom to you. And it's got to be in you, not just something that's in your head. And he wants joy to be a part of that. And a lot of people, instead of asking Jesus for the Holy Spirit, which is what they actually need. Now, I'm already praying in tongues since 1990, but Rodney R. Brown comes to the church, and I tell people that first night that I was there, it was a Sunday night, because I didn't make it Sunday morning, so Sunday night, I'm ushering up front. Rodney calls me out, and he's going to pray for because the Holy Spirit's falling on me. And Rodney sees it, and he calls me out and has me stand up in front of him. And when I stand up in front of Rodney, it was like the Holy Spirit came and stood as a person in front of me. I, I can't explain it because I know he's not a physical body. We know that. But it was that real to me. It was as if, it was as if I could reach out and hug Holy Spirit. It's as if I could reach out and 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 grab hold of Holy Spirit. Okay, is that real to me? And I went down on the ground, and uh, that was the first time I've ever been slain in the Spirit or anything like that. Never happened to me before. And from that moment to this to today, from that moment, October thirty first. 1993, we just, you know, this is the second week of November. We just had it October 31st. A lot of people, when when Halloween comes up, they're thinking of other things. My, I'm thinking my wife is in labor. We're about to, you know, November 1st, our oldest turned 29 because she was literally in labor that night in the back of the church, in the back pew, going, you know. And um, next day, Jordan was born. I, I have a whole different 
celebration that comes in that time of the year. Other people worry about satanic days. This was like a hollow day to me. And it was just, now I don't, I'm, look, people go, oh, by the way, I don't even think Halloween's a satanic day. There's like, when you deal with satanic people, they'll tell you there's days in September and stuff like that that are satanic days. <clears throat> we just get all worked up about all that. Every day is the day of the Lord. That's the way I look at it. I'm going to redeem every day. Satan doesn't have a day. Jesus has them all. Just remember that. And so I had this encounter. Now I would, in my sleep, I would literally come up with the bed laughing and joyful laughing in my sleep during revival. And I find joy in everything. I, I love to laugh now. I can remember that being stolen from. When I look back and I go, man, when I look, I've gone through bad stuff and uh, I don't look for reasons to cry. And the reasons I don't is because life is going to give you those reasons regardless. You're going to have stuff we're going to go through. I, I don't know. If you're going to live, if you're going to love hard, if you're going to love people, you're going to lose people. You're going to have people who are going to pass away. You're going to have people that leave you. You're going to have people who are going to say things about you. You're going to have people who still, you're going to have stuff happen to you. If you love hard, if you want to be a hermit, you could try to avoid it, but you're not going to have a good life. You're going to have a very, very limited, joyful life. That's not the life God wants for you. He wants you to have this abundantly rich life. Listen to this. This is what happened. This is what I discovered October 31st, 1993. And it is um, something that has uh, meant the world to me. And I want you to hear it. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, if you want to enter the kingdom, it's not a mental thing, but a spiritual thing. Because it's a spiritual kingdom. And Holy Spirit is here to make that real for you. And we don't actually talk about Holy Spirit enough because, well, people get pretty religious when you do. They get mad when you do. They, they think you're like somehow offending Jesus when you talk about Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit means everything to me as much as Jesus does, as much as the Father does. I can't have one without the three, and I don't want the three without the one. You, 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 they're one God. And, and, and it, the Trinity is such a wonderful mystery. And, and so I don't, I'm okay with the mystery. But Holy Spirit is my best friend. And I find joy in places others can't. Now, I don't find joy in the situation of, look, in, in this summer we lost nine. I lost like nine people. Um, passed away. I, it was like, it's really burdensome. And in the midst of that, I have a baby, a uh, grandbaby's born. And in the midst of all that, right? And it's like that overwhelming. You know, it's that constant thing. And what you have to understand, what you have to be able to 
uh, muster up and relate to is this, is that in the midst of all the pain, Holy Spirit still with you, I can grieve in him and still find joy. In, even in my grieving, even in, you know, um, I'm so appreciative of Bill Johnson. And I heard it said so well a couple weeks ago when we were out there that Bill is teaching the church to recalibrate grief. Like it, he's lost his wife. It's very painful for Bill. But he trusts God. And in that he finds joy. It doesn't mean that he likes the situation. That's what we confuse joy with. We confuse joy with liking the situation, but that's not what joy is. Joy is righteous, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God is righteous, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's in who we are in him. It's in who he is in us. It's, it's all of those things. You're going to have days of great celebration in your life. A new grandbaby being born. Your kids being born. I mean, my kids being born was everything to me. That God would actually um, bless us with three amazing children. I got two sons and a daughter, and I'm, I'm a blessed man. And now to have grandbabies coming, and, and you know, my other two kids are going to meet their spouses, and they're going to get married, and they're going to have grandbabies. And, and um, this is the joys. But at the same time, you know, at this age of my life, I mean, I've lost my parents. I've lost spiritual parents. I've lost friends. And in the midst of that grieving this summer, and there was a lot of grieving, there was also a lot of joy. And the devil comes to steal your joy because when he steals your joy, he steals your energy. He steals your strength. He steals your hope. He steals your power in this world when he steals your joy. Joy is such a powerful force. Joy is such a hopeful force. The, the, the joyful expectation of good. Faith is the things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. Listen, faith is, 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 has to have hope. Hope is the joyful expectation that it's all going to work out all going to work out. And, you know, the Bible tells us that all things work out to good. That doesn't mean, listen, that does not mean that all things are good. It doesn't mean good things work out to good. It means somehow God can take the bitter and the sweet and put them together and it's going to work out on your behalf. It's actually going to work out. You don't, you know, the bitter is bitter unless it's paired with the right other herb unless it's there's stuff that if you just tried that herb by itself you knuckle under but when it's paired by a perfect chef who knows how to take the bitter and the sweet things and bring them together so they actually um explode in flavor god knows how to take the the uh grieving circumstances of our life and mix it with the with just a, a wonderful event, and all of a sudden, joy breaks forth. And he knows how to bring out the sweetness of that in everything he does. And he's so good at it that <clears throat> he actually promises it in the Word in Romans chapter eight. Look, he says, 
I'm telling you this. Let me just talk to you like a father to a son. I'm telling you this. I know you don't see it all. But I want you to assure this, that no matter what you're going through, this is going to work out. And it's going to be good. And it's going to be good for you as well. Doesn't mean it's going to teach you something. I mean, it's going to be joyful. It's going to be wonderful. In the midst of Benny Johnson's passing and Jeff Jan and all my friends, I mean, so many of them, Carol Maurer and just so many of them. In the midst of all that, if you cannot let the devil steal your joy, yes, you know, you lost a loved one. I certainly know what that's like. And, you know, me and my wife grieve privately. We don't, um, you know, when it's our parents, our kind of attitude was <clears throat> they got their heavenly reward. Now, it doesn't mean we didn't cry. We did. I'm kind of a private person. Um, I, I don't have to do it like Bill does in front of millions of people. But, um, but he's doing it, and it's just amazing. But when the devil, when I got my joy back, it's, look, at, it's been, how many years has that been now? It'll be 30 years next year. 30 years since I got my joy back. It doesn't mean everything I've gone through in the last 30 years has been wonderful. Matter of fact, some of it has just downright been horrible. I mean, it's been deadly horrible. But somehow God works that out for good. Somehow he is going to work out your life for good if you will not lose hope, continue in the faith, and trust them. But here's what I, exercise I'd like you to do. I'd like you to just lean back in a chair and just meditate on how good he is. Let that smile come up your face and let that joy come up out of your belly and begin to experience his wonderful goodness. Because he loves you. That's the truth. And I love you. Let me pray over you right now. Father, I thank you for the wonderful things that you do for us, Father. I thank you for your exceedingly abundantly joy. The joy of the Holy Ghost. The joy of our salvation that bubbles up out of us. With the wells of salvation, Isaiah 12, 3. We draw waters from that wells. With the buckets of joy, we draw wells of water up unto us. We thank you for it. I thank you that you restore even unto us that joy of salvation, that joy of being with you, that joy that we have in you that is so wonderfully rich. I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. I love you. Look, if you have any questions, please comment, like, share the video. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.